Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. So I'm a father of what? I got to find a babysitter. I found Care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your childcare necessities, check out Care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your childcare needs. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vix, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Welcome to Car Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm your host, Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Bullen. And I am Kurt Guerin. Hey guys, you know what? Today let's do something just a little bit different than what we normally do. I know we like to, you know, dig into, uh, you know, like maybe a, a make or model or, a, you know, something like that. Or mm. we talk about the history of a person. But today I would like to kind of talk about our garages, if that's okay with you. Oh, this is interesting to me, Scott, because you know, my friend, that I, like 17% of the U.S. population, currently live in an apartment where, where I do not have a garage, but I have some plans. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to talk about this because you know what? I miss my garage. Having a Living in a house, the best thing about it uh, was that space. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it can be a, a nice place to go sometimes. I mean, it, it can actually be kind of relaxing. It can be calming mm-hmm. and it can, it could be the other as well. It can also be infuriating. And I had a garage for a while that was infuriating to me. It made me just kind of tense to be out there. And it was because it was so crowded. It was like the, the lighting was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, just, it was not a great place to be. I was cold in the winter. It was hot in the summer. I still got a couple of these issues going on. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. But I've done some things recently that I think were really, you know, some fantastic improvements and, and cheap, you know, things that I could just do simply that helped out a lot. And I think if, you know, anybody out there has got a similar situation where, you know, it's not the most comfortable place in the world to be uh, out there in the garage, but if you have something like that going on, there are some things that you can do to make it a better place for you and make you want to go out there and make you want to take on those projects, you know, that you might not have done in the past. So, I don't know, I just find it very therapeutic to go out there now and just kind of, you know, spend a little time sorting, organizing, straightening, you know, working on some things, you know, whatever it happens to be. It's a nice place to be now. And again, I've got some things that I I still need to do and we can talk about what I haven't done yet uh, versus what I have done. But there's a lot of really simple things that just about anybody can do with either zero money, which is, you know, the best price, or, um, (laughs) you know, you, you could find... Yeah, it's real bargains, I guess, bargain ways to do this. So what we're not doing today is we're not talking about, 
you know, these million dollar up, upgraded garages that we've, you know, we've all seen on, um, you know, online. Of course, you do a, a keyword search for, you know, expensive garage options or, you know, whatever. You're going to find people that have elevators to a second level in their garage, you know, and they're going to have, um, I don't know, they're going to have priceless works of art hanging on the wall, you know, with, uh, I guess, art gallery lighting all around it. Ooh, and, ooh I think I know where you're at. Uh, Another example would be those really cool parking spots that recess into the ground. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. And we're not talking about those today. I, know, like, I just want to say oh, they're yeah. cool. Oh yeah, they are. They're really <laughs> those are really cool. And I think we've done another episode on some some mm-hmm. outlandish garages. You yeah, know, that, we have. That have that type of thing. So what I'd like to do is maybe talk about making your garage a, a functional place versus you know having kind of like a a show garage I guess where you know you have friends over and you've got a couch out there and stuff like that you know <laughs> and a big screen TV on the wall we're not talking about stuff like that we sure. want to we want to make it something that you know you're comfortable to go out there and work on your projects or whatever you can even take other stuff from the house and work out there on your workbench and you've got space to do it a That's workspace all. a workspace yeah a comfortable workspace yeah, I, I propose that we start at the beginning when most people move into a house, you know. You'll find several areas of the house that tend to be a little rough around the edges or they tend to be unfinished. You know, sometimes in the suburbs these are called like bonus rooms, right? Or you'll have an unfinished attic, you'll have a basement that still has a dirt floor, things like that. Yeah, The garage is often one of those spaces. The garage is the most likely to just be a room and who knows what condition the door is in, Yeah. right? Uh, So for a lot of people, when they move in, if they're going to start building their garage from the ground up, they look at two huge things, the door and the floor. These can get expensive, right? But there are some uh, very reasonable things you can do, even a little bit kind of DIY style to uh, give your garage some insulation because that's one of the things that stuck out to me when you were talking about this in the beginning. You said sometimes the garage is too hot, too cold. It's weird because I've seen more kind of cluttered, stuffy garages than I have operational ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, Kurt and I were talking about this earlier, uh, off air, of course. We were talking about how seems like a lot of garages don't really get a car parked in them ever. I mean, a lot of people (laughs) just simply use it for storage. I mean, or there is a car under there somewhere, Uh uh, you know, that that at one time was a project or at one time was driving or, you know, whatever, it's grandma's car or whatever, and you parked it here and you left it there and you just started piling stuff on top of it and it became... The most expensive shelf well, you own. It became it became a storage area, right? Instead yes. of instead of an, instead of a car storage area, it's a it's a stuff storage area. It's like an right. extension of your basement or your attic or whatever. It's yeah. where and, all the things that you didn't like enough to have in your house, but you couldn't throw away, end up. You yeah, know, that's it's, exactly it's right. The limbo. It's the holding area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah, stuff right. that was in your yard that you know you want to bring in from the weather or lawnmowers, uh-huh. or at least these days. More and more garages seem to be just like a catch-all of storage. Yeah, exactly right. I have a I have a point I want to make about that real quick. It, it's a larger philosophical point, and it doesn't have a huge role to play in today's episode. But I think a, a big reason that a lot of that clutter begins to accrete is it's twofold. First, many of us, unfortunately when we are doing a task at home, whether it's auto repair, whether it's yard work or something like that, we tend to think of the task just as 
us accomplishing the thing. So you're tilling the yard, right? Or you're changing the oil. Then once you screw that oil filter back on, and once you put the the new oil in the system, then a lot of us tend to think, well, the job is pretty much done. Let me just, you know, seal up the container I have for the old oil. Let me just put it somewhere because I'm quote unquote done. So I'm going to take care of all this stuff later. Yeah. And then that's how we end up just throwing stuff willy nilly into a garage. And then once you have a small pile of crap somewhere, it becomes so much easier to make more small piles of crap. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what happens. And, you know, one of the tips, I guess, that that I've kind of picked up along the way here is that, you know, it's great to organize your garage. Sure. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think we can all agree that, you know, a well-organized garage is, it's, it's, any room actually is is better off when it's well organized, right? It really True. is. Yeah. But I have recently reorganized my garage and kind of figured out where everything goes and got things kind of, you know, clustered together where they should be, the chemicals in one area, you know, the the electrical stuff in one box over here. You know, I know where everything is. And I, I can I can easily lay my hands on everything. The problem is that if you don't do that about twice a year, you're gonna fall behind. And it's the truth. I mean, it's just what you said, like where, you know, you start gathering more things and putting things in front of other things and it blocks your view. It blocks your access to those items. And, you know, things get a little dirtier because you don't pick it up to, you know, clean underneath it or whatever. And, you know, right. it's just snowballs. The whole problem starts to snowball. But you have to if if you do maintain a garage that is well organized, I mean, I really do feel like it's just an easier place to go and access whatever you need because you know right where it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's been so helpful to me to be able to do this recently that I, you know, I had some time that I was able to straighten everything up. And I, again, I can just go in there right now and I could access anything that I need. I, I know exactly where it is. I, and that's so helpful because before it was kind of scattered all over the place. It might be in the basement. It might be, you know, out back on the porch. It might, you know, who knows <laughs> where it would be, right? So now I can go in there and I feel like I can put my hands on anything that I need to right away. And it's very, very helpful. So, you know, I think I derailed you here on the, uh, on the insulation. Oh, we were talking oh. about insulation, right? Yeah. This is a very easy DIY project. This is for the, the giant door, right? Right. right. This is for the giant door. First off, make sure the door works. You know, there's, there's just nothing <laughs> yeah. sadder than yeah. driving by a house and you see the busted garage door because yeah. it's one of those things that people don't really want to fix because it can be a pain. Yeah. Right. Um, it's the, it's like, isn't it? I think the garage door is the largest movable object in your house, I think. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. I, I think it is. Yeah, it weighs a ton, right? I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. and, and it's all resting on that one little motor that's up there in the center of the uh, center of the ceiling. Yeah, uh, so that thing gets a lot of work. It, it really does. does yeah. yeah. So garage door manufacturers have found that if you insulate your garage door, it's going to be about twelve degrees warmer Fahrenheit. It's nothing crazy in the winter months and about 25 degrees cooler in summer. Ah, cooler. I could use cooler out there. Yeah, yeah, because we're in Georgia. Yeah. So one thing uh, thing that's neat about this is that unlike installing a garage door, it's pretty easy to insulate a garage door on your own by yourself. Oh, it's very easy, actually. And they make kits even for this if you want to buy a kit or you could just simply do it yourself, right? I mean, there's, there's like three types of insulation that you can buy. You can either do the uh, the bat type, which is kind of like the, uh, I don't know, I guess it's the stuff that you see on new-built homes, you know, like the stuff they roll out in between the walls. It's flexible. It's, you know, they got the uh, the paper backing. It's the least expensive option out of these, and, and these are all 
very low dollar things too. Uh, there's also a foam board that you can buy that's, uh, that's cut for the panels specifically, or you can cut it yourself, custom cut it. There's also reflective. Is that the, the yellow foam with the reflective film over it? Yeah, it's like silver looking almost. Yeah. And to me, that would be crazy distracting in the garage, you know, to have something that's like reflective like that. Especially but, if you have a work light on and yeah. it's bouncing off the work light. Yeah, I mean, but hey, maybe that works, right? Maybe that's good. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe. It's a, maybe it's a benefit to have a, a reflective garage door <laughs> on the inside. But either way, I mean, like you said, Ben, I had no idea that the temperature swing could be so great just by insulating the door. I mean, it makes sense. It's just a piece of metal that is between you and outside. And it doesn't count the windows, It doesn't count any other insulation. Just doing that to the door Mm -hmm. will end up saving you money. Yeah. Yeah, it will. I mean, but it just makes it, again, like everything else that we're going to talk about today, I hope, uh, it will just make it more pleasant to be out there, a little bit more pleasant. Now, I've, in my own garage, I haven't done insulation yet. That's Mm -hmm. one of the things that I haven't done. I haven't changed the lighting or anything like that yet. I haven't done anything really big. Okay. Yet, but these are all low-dollar things that we can we can talk about. You know, the ones that I'm still missing. But I will say this: that you know, when I'm out there in the summertime, I bring a small fan, just like a box fan. Sure, helps out tremendously just to have something like that in the in the space. And that's one thing that I think everybody can do that just to make it easier on yourself out there. Just it's a simple, simple thing. Bring a box fan out. Get a little twenty-dollar box fan. Yeah. From your local department. Yeah, go store. crazy, go crazy. Get a get a get a twenty five dollar box. Fan. Whoa, yeah. Or whoa. Find one at a uh, a thrift shop or you know whatever. You can get it for three bucks. I don't care. But that's one thing that you can do. And then I've got also uh, this is also effective. And it's a two car garage, so it's it's a bigger space. Just a tiny little ceramic heater. It's very very small. Like it's I'm holding my hands out like everybody can see this, but it's a uh, it's only like about you know eight or twelve inches across, and and yeah. you know it's like a little cube. Right? Yeah. But it's a ceramic heater, and the thing really cranks out the heat. I mean, it's, it's fantastic to use in the garage in the wintertime because you can put it right near you without the fear of having, you know, kind of like an open flame anywhere nearby or any kind of chemicals, like if you have a kerosene heater, something like that. So uh, it's it's beneficial to have something like this on hand if you're in a colder climate. Just a really simple plug-in ceramic heater, and that makes your area so much better. It takes a little while to, to get it warmed up in there. You don't, you know, you're not going to be blistering hot or anything like that, right. but, it, but it beats back the cold enough that you're able to work and, and you can keep your hands functioning because, you know, when it gets really, really cold and your hands don't seem to want to work mm-hmm. the right way, that's what I felt like anyway. When it gets really, really cold, like you, you just can't get your fingers to do what you want them to do. You're so cold. And you can't wear gloves because you need yeah. the dexterity. Yeah, yeah. Either that or you'd wear those little thin mechanics gloves and those aren't really meant for like warmth or anything. No. I mean, they, they sell insulated ones, but again, you've lost all tactile sense, you know, at right. that point. So sometimes you need that. But uh, yeah, th- I mean, those are just two simple, really, really inexpensive things that you can do that, that help out a lot out there. I am going to say, though, again, and I totally agree with you on this one, Scott, but I, I must point out that before you buy any new thing for your garage, counting a car Clean your garage. Oh, yeah. Get rid of all the stuff you don't need because for most people, if you if you look through it, you'll find things that you, you, you just don't need. You just put them somewhere and you forgot about them. A lot of people have a half-finished project, you know, and it can be tough to swallow your pride and be honest with yourself and say, well, you know, I, I guess I actually don't care as much about building this what matchstick airplane yeah building <laughs> sure building this matchstick airplane <laughs> or whatever right right yeah it's just somehow like if you had a hobby or something and you've got you know all the stuff associated with that hobby but you no longer do the hobby then maybe it's time to get rid of it you got old skis laying around but you know like we're here in in Georgia 
Yeah. I mean, you, you rarely would you use skis unless you, you know, travel with them, obviously. But things like that, just just use common sense. I got rid of a ton of stuff in my garage. Oh, yeah? You know what I, fi- you know what I finally got rid of we- that made me feel so good? It's like it, it just helps you feel better, lighter, mm. to get yeah. rid of all the stuff. I know. Uh-huh. Um, so do you remember many, many years ago we, uh, we tore apart that old MG? Yes. Okay. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. That was a long, long time ago, right? And I think... Most of our listeners have seen photos of us in that thing, you know, kind of, you know, we were elbow deep in that thing for a long time, right? Yeah, yeah. Crawling all over it. It was great, though, to completely dismantle a car without worrying about putting it back together. Yeah, that was so funny. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, because, like, it broke? Okay, fine. You know, that's all right. All we were doing is trying to get to the parts so we could then describe the parts and see them and, you know, like, and do that kind of thing, right? We, it, it, the project ended up going nowhere, really. I mean, It was eventually. a lot of fun. It was fun. We spent several days doing this. With a, it was kind of a junk, it, well, it was a junk car. And you ended up with a ton of parts. I got bins and bins and bins of parts, you know, like pistons and, and rings and, and the crankshaft and the camshaft and, you know, all this stuff. I've got all these, like, heavy metal parts. I've got, I've got the head sitting in a bin, but all that stuff has been in my garage for years and years. Almost a decade. Almost, yeah. It's been it's getting close. And um I finally got rid of it. I I just took it to I tried to get it you know to somebody that had an MG mm-hmm. and uh that didn't want it. No one wanted the parts. I don't know if they thought they were hot or what. <laughs> no, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. It's just, you know, it's very specific and you don't know the quality, you know, the condition of all the sure. stuff. Sure. Yeah. It was actually, it was remarkably well preserved, all that stuff, because it's all oily and, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's all clean and, and it's Good. usable. Yeah. Most of it's usable. It's usable, but I could not get anybody to take that stuff, so I just finally had to scrap some of it. And, you know, a lot of it was beat up and old and bad anyway, so I didn't feel too bad about it. But, it, I mean, years and years of that stuff sitting around and just taking up space, again, it just feels so good to get rid of stuff like that. And I got rid of, you know, like a power washer. I got rid of, you know, a bunch of stuff that was just clutter that's not working anymore. I have to ask, did you go, did you go to uh, your neighborhood Russian landfill to get rid of those MG parts? I, I did, and it's changed hands. Yeah, I don't know. Have we talked about this again uh-uh, recently no, on air? No. I, not I, on air. Not on air. Okay. Oh, I went back uh, I went back again to this. I did go to that place, and I'd made several trips, mm. not for just the car parts, but for other stuff I had laying around, just, you know, scrap metal type things. Uh-huh. One thing was from the garage door. I had a, a great big greasy bar that was, you know, like the main bar that the, the track was on. You know, stuff like that. I just had a bunch of little things laying around, an old gas grill that, mm-hmm. you know, was, <laughs> it had kind of fallen apart. It was rusty. Um, but I went there, and it was a, it was owned and operated by someone new now. It's not the it's not Whoa. the old, uh, it's not the the Russian mafia or whoever was running uh-huh. this place before, because I really had that strong feeling that that was what was going on there. I really did, and we I know we talked about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's completely different now. So um, it wasn't quite a like uh, it wasn't it wasn't as much fun as it used to be. That's you what know, I'm like, thinking. yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as exciting. Like it wasn't as as thrilling to go back. You know, but. <laughs> um, I don't know. Still, still good though. Oh, can I tell you one thing that it, I, I think maybe I talked to Kurt about this off air, but um, you see crazy things at, at a junkyard, right? Yeah. So I, I go there and I threw all of my junk, you know, including like an old water heater and a gas grill, like I said, and all these engine parts and everything. And I throw them on this pile that is like it's the size of like a four story house. It's huge, Jeez. this giant junk pile, right? So I back up to it and I just kind of heave all the stuff over there and. After I had driven away and I, and I I 
got up to the you know the area where you get paid almost nothing for your parts, right? Your for you know the the weight of your parts. You get your pittance. Yeah, I get my uh, my check for ten dollars or whatever it was. Whoa, you know, ten dollars right. and twenty cents, I think it was. And this is like hundreds of pounds of of metal, right? So I look back. And I swear to you, it looked like I, I could hardly even see my pile of stuff there. That was, you know, it's it's taking up so much space in my garage, but on that pile, it looked like nothing. It looked like a, a you know, another grain of sand on the beach. It was like mm-hmm. that. It was it was amazing how small that pile of stuff was. And then I was thinking, okay, well, this has got kind of a, a rough edge to it. You know, like it kind of gets strung out over the uh, over the lot. So a guy gets in this uh, this this crane. It's almost like a, not a. I guess maybe not a front loader, but it's like a crane, I guess. Okay, okay. And it's got a grasping arm, like a like a pincher. Yeah. And so they can pick up things and move them. So he goes over and, and kind of motors this thing over to the side, and he picks up this ball of iron that's like all twisted and tangled up. It looks like a Brillo pad, only it's like a Brillo pad like the size of like two minivans. Weird. It's Whoa. that big, right? And he... And he like puts that on the on the ground and he starts like wildly swinging the arm left and <laughs> left and right and he's using this big mass of metal as like a broom and he's like sweeping the stuff up onto the pile and he would like drag it across and then give it kind of like a little up lift at yeah. the end and it would like pick stuff up and kind of throw it on the top of the pile but it was just bizarre it's like it's like they're getting to play with these massive toys like that it looked like it looked like so much fun to be able to do that and and this this way of doing it. I'm sure that other junkyards do the same thing. Sure. But yeah. I had never seen this before. And that, that tangle of metal was so, it, it looked so dangerous. So, you know, it looked like you, if you got near that thing, you would get cut. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Cause I imagine it's moving at speed. Oh yeah. He's like, no, I mean, even, even like, I didn't even want to approach it. Like when it was just sitting still, like I didn't <laughs> want to even, cause that, it, it looked like, um, just like a tangle of, of weeds almost, but it's, but it's metal. It's like jagged metal, you know? And that probably makes it lighter. To swing. Yeah. Uh, so how about this, man? How about the next time you drop some stuff off there, uh, instead of taking a check, you ask if you can take a swing with the broom. <laughs> it's not a bad idea, yeah. You know? Yeah, like, oh, you can keep your $10, but uh, let <laughs> me drive that crane for just a few minutes. <laughs> Give me yeah. 15 minutes on the crane. It looks like so much fun. I mean, it looks like it would be a blast. I'm sure it's just another task for them, you know, but... Sure. That's, that looks the, like, that's a crazy thing. Yeah. How quickly the coolest stuff becomes normal. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you like, right. I, I was, I was uh, you know, I've been traveling a lot. I was recently in a plane flying over the Pacific last week, and I got irritated because I was trying to work on some stuff. And I thought, man, this Wi-Fi is being slow. And I had to pause for a second. <laughs> I was like, hey, I'm flying like thousands and thousands of feet in the air yeah. at this crazy speed. Yeah, you're going like 600 miles an hour. Right, yeah. right. And I have the audacity to, to be like, <laughs> to be like, oh, no, this page is loading slow. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is funny, isn't it? How you get like so you get, you get jaded, I guess. Yeah, stuff like that, yeah. You know, you know and, and it, it's really remarkable that you're able to do it at all, really. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Before I wax too philosophic about how ungrateful I am as a person in general, <laughs> I, I want to go back to the point you made about getting rid of stuff because I know it's it, it can be tough for a lot of people to hear. And also, we're all familiar with Tetris. Yeah. And Tetris is such a useful game because it shows us the value of, of organizing space and putting things where they fit. For a lot of people listening today, the problem isn't that there's a bunch of stuff 
that they could get rid of and they just haven't. The problem is that there's stuff you have to keep and you have nowhere else to put it. So want to say you don't have to throw everything in your garage away. Really, why not just invest in some organizational tools? Yeah, and right? you know what? Online is a beautiful place to be able to do this because you can you can go and, and to kind of lay out your plans or lay out your ideas, and it doesn't have to be expensive. I can tell you that. It, I mean, there there are some ridiculously expensive cabinets and and countertops and you know yeah, all everything. There's it. there's the opposite end of the spectrum for all this stuff. So uh, you can get affordable cabinets. You can buy pre made shelving, or you can make your own. You can you know DIY this thing. You know, get so that, four like, cinder blocks and two two by fours. Yeah, you know I mean, I mean really milk crates and and you know boards. That's all you need, really. I mean, honestly, that's all you really need. It, it's so simple. You can you can do a lot with what you have already, or you can just kind of make what you have work a little bit better for you. I mean, think about storage, like maybe storing things. You know, if your garage door goes up, but you've got, you know, like a nine-foot ceiling, you've probably got unused space above the garage door, you know, that won't interfere. If exactly. If you can store stuff up there. Like, you know, they have hanging racks. You can do that. Yeah. Or you can simply, I, I saw the, the coolest idea. You just make, it's almost like, like wooden I-beams almost. I saw that, yeah. And you can slide your bins onto those things, and you can slide, the, you know, I guess you can put a stop on one end so they don't slide off, but you can access all that stuff really easily. I mean, you're not pulling down. The, you'd have to pull the whole bin down. But think about putting stuff up there like, uh, I think the recommendation was like, you know, stuff you don't use very often, like seasonal things, exactly. camping gear, things like that, that, you know, you only need a few times a year or even once a year, but it's a great place to put it. I mean, if you don't have a basement or you don't have an attic storage or something like that, you know, that, that space above your door is valuable space that's being, you know, left unused. And, and and a lot of people just kind of overlook that one. Prime real estate. On this note, I want to show you guys something. This made me feel like a genius when I read that someone else had done this online. When I was a kid growing up, one of the dumbest parts of our garage was the corner where we just had to throw all like the rakes and the shovels yeah. and the picks and the hose and stuff because we didn't have a super great place to put it. We didn't have room to, you know, make a corkboard hanging wall. But we had this idea where we had some old pallets laying around and we put one up on its side and we did this. I'm showing Scott the picture oh, cool. yeah. here. Uh, do you want to describe that? Yeah, it's just a, it's it's up against um, um, exposed studs on the wall, uh, but it, it gives you a space. It, it like carves out a space there. If you put the pallet up against the wall vertically and mm. nail it in place, screw it in place, sure. or whatever, uh, gives you a place to put those long handle tools that you know are, are oftentimes either just leaning against the wall or you know whatever. Yeah, I, yeah. I made my own tool rack, not like that, but uh, the kind with like just hooks that you can hang things on, you know, like you'd buy them for like maybe, uh, you know, hanging a bike on the ceiling sure. or something like that. They yeah. make all different shapes. And I got some that are shaped like, um, almost like a Y that has a little bit of a, a lip to it. And I, I screwed a, a two by four to the wall and into the stud. So it's really, really solid. And I hung up my tools on that, you know, on these rack, on these, I spaced everything out and, you know, measured mm -hmm. it all out. So it, everything goes right where it should so that, you know, it doesn't interfere with the tool next to it. It doesn't knock it down every time you take it off. And then, I did this cool thing where, um, I think this is cool anyways, I, I hung up just an eye hook and I put a carabiner through it with an, a little uh, loop on the end. And then on every power tool that I have, like my leaf blower, it's an electric leaf blower or a trimmer, you know, electric trimmer, I tied a corresponding loop on that uh, object that stays on there all the time. It's just a little, uh, maybe like a, a foot long piece of rope that I tied into a loop. And then all I have to do is just hook it on the carabiner and that hangs, then those hang down below 
in that in that void space in between the tools. Nice. So smart. like it's all it's all like it's really it's <laughs> sorry I'm tooting my own horn here, yeah, but, yeah. It, but it's 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 really I feel like it's well laid out, and I tried to like use that idea or that that way of dealing with things to organize the rest of the garage and it's gone pretty well so far i mean i've been able to figure things out and and place things accordingly so that you know it all fits like you said like tetris you know it it gives you um i don't know it just gives you a uh, um a much more open feel to it and it allows you again to access anything that you want right at you know a moment's notice and you know right where everything is And, and the good thing about something like that a lot of people will you know, they'll think like, well, big deal. You can buy an old bucket and throw your tools in that. That's fine, but sure. that takes up a lot of floor space. Yeah, and yeah. So, so that's a smart way to do it, like you and your family have done or mm-hmm. did in the past. I don't know if your dad still does that or what, but still using the old uh, the pallet there against Are the wall? Are you kidding, man? He's, <laughs> he's retired, so that means that the garage is getting this crazy, crazy mop down. He's, oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, he, uh, he went through... Gosh, I guess starting about a year and a half ago, he, he started getting rid of stuff. And uh, I thought that was cool. But, you know, anybody who has had parents or family members start cleaning stuff out of the house, you know what happens. I was getting calls. Yeah. Like once or twice a week uh, just to just to pitch me on whether I wanted this ridiculous uh-huh. item. Yeah. He's like, you know, uh, hey, I've got this this tiller. You want a tiller? And I'm thinking, well, that's, I don't know where I'm going to put that in my two-bedroom apartment, but I appreciate it. I, I, well, the thing is, like, you hate to see stuff like that go, though, Yeah, too. Like, exactly. It's, it's like he doesn't need it anymore, but he doesn't, and he doesn't want to just give the thing away. And he's got two he's tillers. Got, you don't need two. Yeah, well... <laughs> So he's trying right. to get rid of one. See, that's it's what logical. I did with like my gas grill. Okay, I yeah. had a gas grill that's laying around, but it's a it's a pile of garbage. You know? Right. But I eventually just had to just get rid of it for you know the scrap metal. And no one wanted it. I mean, and no one. I, I probably wouldn't feel good giving that to somebody. Even you know, it's just that in that poor of condition. And I had another one that had replaced it. So why not get rid of that one? It just makes sense. Like if you can just kind of pare things down a little bit in there. And give yourself some room, some elbow room, because now I've got a, um, a a small, it's a modest size work area. It's not very big at all. And sure. I've, I've even got some things on there that I still want to get rid of, you know, the, some bench type things that I kind of want to get rid of and, and clear out the area. But it's so nice to have a functional space to work in again. And I, I really do appreciate that, you know, having that space to go to. And, I, you know, sometimes after I'm done, you know, working on the yard or whatever, just kind of hang out in there. Uh, it's it's not a bad place. I put a stereo in. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, do you have tunes? Yeah, you know, and that's another thing. Like, this is so simple. You know what it cost me to, to put a stereo in my garage? Mm-mm. Like, less than 40 bucks, probably. And really? it's it's pretty cool. It's like a Kenwood sound system that I went and got it. I got it at, like, a Goodwill or a thrift store sure. or something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. a great receiver. Um, I was looking for one of the old dial-in types, you know, with, like, the, the old, real old-school silver front, you know, yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't find one. They were too expensive when I did. This one is, is you know, a really nice system. I don't know. I have the model in, uh, number in front of me right now, but um, I was able to get some floor speakers, you know, like those old floor speakers, the big ones. Yeah. Um, killer speakers. They're really, really, really cool. And uh, they look cool. Yeah. And uh, again, I think they're, I think they're Kenwood. I think it's a matching set. I can't remember now. Um, but I just put them on top of a shelf somewhere. I've got four of them. I've only, I only put up two and that's more than enough. You only need one really. Mm-hmm. And it barely turned the volume up on the thing. Cause in the garage, you know, it's pretty. It echoes. Know, it, yeah, it does. So, you know, you just have it on soft, but, um, it's nice and it, and it passes the time and it's something that's so simple to do. It is so inexpensive to, to move like a, an old stereo out there or just something cheap. Mm-hmm. 
you can get them anywhere really for just a few bucks. It, it, it just makes it that much more pleasant to be out there for a, a longer period of time. Whether you're working on something, you know, just kind of tune everything out and, and get to work. It's, it's nice. Yeah, I think that's when you know you're going in the right direction. It's when you reach the point with the garage where you walk in and you think, yeah, I could just hang out here for a second. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's when you know that you've done something right. I do also want to add to that excellent point about using the ceiling as real estate. It's depending on the type of ceiling you have and the type of type of hooks you're able to get in there, it's a fantastic place to put ladders. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's another uh, thing is get all that stuff up off the floor if you can. Yeah. Because uh, it just takes up space. It's just usable real estate that you're that you're losing. Uh, if you have a, you know, especially a ladder, big ladder, you have it kind of leaning against the wall. It takes up even more room if it has to stand out from the wall and lean against it. Um, if you understand, I mean, the, the footprint of it becomes bigger because of that. I mean, if you can somehow get it up against the wall or even off the floor, all the better. You know, again, just yeah. simple hooks. I mean... Hooks have saved me so much space in my garage, it's, it's unbelievable. And I, I don't even have, like, a big fancy wall system or anything like that. It's just an open shelving unit, and it's, like, very industrial-looking. It's very—it's just, you know, very functional. But it's not, like, covered. I don't have everything, like, concealed or anything like that. In fact, I wish I did. I wish there was a, you know— I know I could just put up like a piece of cloth over it or something, and that would conceal it if you wanted a cleaner look to it. Oh, no, man, um, go crazy. But, Get like a Murphy bed type mechanism. You know what, you know what I mean? Yeah, so it I folds do. down. <laughs> yeah. That's that's one of the things I'm probably going to build when I get a garage that is my own again. I'm going to build some fold-down tables. They're oh. super simple to build, Yeah, and they're great for space management because uh, the last garage I had was from a house built in the 1960s, and the garage was just smaller than a lot of garages you'd see now. So, yeah. I, so I had to do stuff like that. It was very narrow, right? <clears throat> yeah, it was yeah. pretty narrow. Yeah. It's like it was so. It it was essentially a carport where someone had put some just enough of a wall up that you could say it was a garage. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't insulated. It's was probably like the um, you know the the bottom half of the wall was brick from where the carport originally was and then the rest was like wood yeah and wood that was that was treated you know and siding on the outside it wasn't it wasn't just straight up plywood yeah like (laughs) it didn't look like i lived in a a drug dealer's house but it was so small (laughs) that it was it was crowded to parks like a honda civic in there you know what i mean so i needed to have those fold down shelves whenever I was going to do anything. And I also had to, going back to being ungrateful, I used to complain when I would have to back the car out and work on it in the driveway because I had to set up everything else inside the actual garage. But man, that is way better than replacing stuff in a parking lot. Oh, yeah, (laughs) it definitely is. And, you know, some people do have to do that. I mean, that's a, that's a thing. We And again, Kurt, we talked about this off air. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we should talk about it right now on air. I mean, while we're there. Um, yeah, sure. Portable garages. Mm-hmm. People buy portable garages. Oh, now, this yeah. is crazy. Now, yeah. I, I guess it wouldn't be a, a place you'd normally want to kind of go hang out or anything, but I think it's it'd be uh, smart to mention these right now. So yeah. what, did, what did you find? Well, I was just thinking, you know, sometimes you have a project going on. It might be a two-day job or it might even bleed over into the next weekend. You don't have a garage, so you would want some covering for the car. Protected yeah, from the elements. It. So you can kind of leave things as they are as well. You yeah, don't no, want to have to button everything up just to take it back apart again. Yeah, exactly. So I've seen some, you know, there's some real, basically, tents. Yeah. I don't know how well they work, though. It, I get the idea that they're not too stable 
you'd want to check the weather before you did this right. type of I've, activity. I've looked into these okay, I, yeah. because of our discussion. So I looked into these and, you know, these, these portable or temporary garages are a thing that people do want. Typically, they'll have like a steel frame with a fabric cover, although that covering, that's where a lot of this changes. I mean, the, the, the sturdiness of the frame and the fabric that covers it. So, you know, whether it's weatherproof, whether it's, you know, um, it's opaque enough that, you know, no sunlight gets through or right. if, if all the sunlight gets through, you know, like a, like you think about like a tent or something, you know, there's every variation, there's everything in between. So um, you can find one, I mean, like they, they come in like barn style or, you know, whatever, they have like a little pitched roof on them so that, you know, if there is weather, uh, rain or, or snow that it would kind of like rush off the eaves, I guess off the roof line, I should say, so it doesn't get, you know, heavy weight up there and collapse, because I think that would be a real danger with something like this. Yeah. Um, or even high winds. I mean, they're not for everybody, and they're not for all situations, but you can get one that's like 12 by 20 by, I think, about 9 feet tall for, you know, a ballpark around $1,000, and that's pretty pricey still, but if you don't have an area to do what you were describing, Kurt, where you can, you know, tear something apart and leave it apart for a day or two if you have to, or sure. exposed... Or, you know, whatever you happen to be working on, you know, you want it protected or you want it, you know, you want to protect yourself. You don't want to be out in the in the, the elements doing this. Mm-hmm. It's a great solution. And, and they can stay up for, you know, extended periods of time. I mean, with some level of, of confidence that it's going to remain in place if you anchor them correctly and weigh them down and all that. You know, I and mean, if you get to the, like the big ones, there's some big industrial size ones that are, you know, like 40 feet or more. I mean, we're talking like $12,000 for some of these. I mean, at what point? Do we stop calling those things portable garages and start calling them portable barns? Yeah. Because those really big ones, yeah. like the, some of those are the size of a small shop. Well, sure. Yeah. Some of them you see, like you'll see a photo of, of the one that I was just talking about, the, the $12,000 one, and someone's driving a forklift into it to store lumber or, you know, whatever it was. It could be a temporary outbuilding for a company. You know, they're that they're that big. It's like a pre-manufactured um, garage. Basically. Yeah, but I yeah. mean, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, it's like, it, exactly. And, and it's something that's, uh, they say it's portable. I mean, it's, that's that's kind of a an iffy term for something like it's big, right? But I mean, it's more portable than a garage that is attached to a house. <laughs> yeah, I guess you know you're right. I, mean? I guess it is more portable than that. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, I, I think it's a good solution for some people, but um it doesn't work in every situation, and they are kind of expensive. But yeah, right. I, I well, the, feel like this is a good place to mention this anyway. Well, for the parking lot type or the out in the street type that does their work in that environment, you know, how many times do you get involved in a project that takes you longer than you thought it was going to take? Yeah, you right. have to kind of like wrap everything up real quick, and then exactly. you know go back home for the night or whatever. You know how many companies now are doing like uh, like dent repair and things like that in parking lots? Yeah. You know, like they'll come to your That's, office and do that or wheel yeah. repair or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, that might be a, a decent use for something like that where you want to keep, uh, you know, like bugs and debris and stuff like that off of it. Or if it's raining that day, uh, you can't do that work. And if it's raining, but you could set up a a temporary shelter around the vehicle if you have that, you know, that luxury of space. I mean, be able to do it. Going back to your point about how portable are these things? Like, I think we've all seen maybe an emissions shack or something Mm -hmm. that is pretty much one of those. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you for sure. I mean, yeah, like where, like it's just in a parking lot somewhere, and uh, you yeah. drive, you drive through. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know there are laws and stuff, but I, 
I treat emissions the way you like to treat landfills, Scott. I want a little bit of edge yeah. in there. I want a little bit of shade. <laughs> Which they usually mean? have. Yeah. I don't, I you don't want, have to look too hard. I no. want to know. <laughs> I, I don't want to know, rather, whether that emissions place is going to be there tomorrow. I just want to cruise in, yeah. you know, ships in the night. I'm a ghost. Mm-hmm. Just hand me the paper, yeah. put me in the system. I think Kurt's right. It seems like it seems like most of them are that way. They operate yeah. on like, that. Do on... they really want to even do the test, uh, <laughs> or do they just want to yeah. want some exchange? It's different now. Yeah. It's different now in Georgia. You guys remember when you used to just get the physical badge instead of the yeah. paper and electronic entry into a system? Sure. Yeah. Man. Corruption was rife. Now, I'm not saying I ever (laughs) did it, but I was in so many situations where I'd be hanging out with like a a mechanic acquaintance because, you know, almost every solid mechanic has the garage they work at and then they have their house, which also slowly over time turns into another garage. Yeah. And so I, I can't tell you how many times I had somewhat like I was fixing the car of a girl I was dating or trying to get it up to snuff for emissions. And I would have one of my mechanic buddies say, you know, we can just get a sticker. (laughs) I was like, dude, I think that's pretty illegal. And and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but, uh, we can just get a sticker. And for the record, again, I never did it. I never did it because I don't think that's a good move. Uh, but, uh, where where was I going with this? Guy? I'm not sure exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Temporary buildings that you've temporary seen. Temporary like, buildings. Yeah, that's right. So Shady okay. emissions. Yeah, shady. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, temporary buildings are a great idea. You guys know there's also this thing that popped up that I had never heard of before, communal garages. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you don't have the space that you want for something like this, so, you know, or exactly the right setup, go to a community garage where you, a communal garage, I guess, where you rent the space for a certain amount of time. Now, you'll have to bring, I think in most of those, you'll have to bring your own tools. Um, They might have some for rent, or you can borrow from somebody that, you know, is there uh, using the communal garage, I guess, if if they're more than one bay or or something. I've never used one before, but I've heard of them. I don't even know if there are any operating around here or not. I'm I'm just not even sure. But, yeah, if you don't have the space, you can rent it. Yeah, I do want to add one other thing. I've heard about this, and I've never run into someone who's actually done it. Mm -hmm. I want to see if you guys have heard about this. Let's say you have a major repair, you know how to do it, and you have the tools, but you don't have the garage. I have heard that it's possible to go to an auto mechanic school and use their garage Hmm. with the understanding meaning you're going to do the work and you're going to bring your own tools. Is that right? That's what I've heard. I've never seen it confirmed. I did not know that. Oh, that's interesting. I'd like to look into that, too. I I know that... um, I, I. Long, long time ago, there was a community college near me that had an um, automotive program. And I know that students would bring their cars in, and it was kind of their project, you know, for the term. Yeah. They'd be able to kind of work on their own car as their, their, you know, their learning tool, I guess. You know, so they had cars that were there, you know, they had specific problems that they would teach you how to fix and repair and all that. But um, if you, let's say that you're taking a painting class and you've got an old car that you want to paint, there's your project. I mean, you can you can do it on that and learn on your own vehicle, and you'll be graded on it, of course, you know, yeah. like, as you would. But it's but it's your own thing at the very end, you know. Of course, you're That's, also more likely to treat it with care. Yeah, you're right. You know, it makes me think of though. I like the fact that everything I've read about taking it to a, a mechanic school, uh, everything I've read about it emphasizes you doing the work yourself. You know, you're basically renting the space. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise. 
it would be like another weird life hack I've heard of, but I've never seen officially confirmed, which is saving money on a haircut by going to a cosmetology school, which feels like a real trust fall. <laughs> you know no, what I mean? Can, I think that you can do that. I, I yeah. do think that they have that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Have you done that, Kurt? I have not done that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe got the uh, got the beard trimmed up there or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, you can tell, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, yeah, do you pay extra to get a, like a... a a, a week three person instead uh, of a day one person? I think isn't that the thing? Like, I, I don't know if you pay. I think that maybe you go and I, maybe there's varying degrees of this, but uh-huh. you might pay for the supplies if you have to have your hair dyed or something like that maybe, but I don't think that you pay. And it might take you a long time to get your hair cut because I think they're learning, you know, they're, they're, they're teaching somebody when you're doing it. But, um, but yeah, that's an interesting idea though to take it to an automotive school and uh, and rent the space. But you have to do the work yourself. So if you... If you're knowledgeable with that kind of thing or you have the tools, that's a smart thing to do. Upgrade your home now at Blinds.com's anniversary sale. And celebrate savings up to 50% off premium window treatments for years to come. Shop for your house from the comfort of home for modern Roman and woven wood shades, shutters, motorized options, and more. 100% online. Blinds.com invented the better way to shop. No salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. You can do the measuring and installation yourself or have Blinds.com handle it. Unlimited windows for just one low cost. Our design experts can help you select the perfect styles to fit your home and your budget. Totally free. We'll even send you samples fast and free. At Blinds.com, you get upfront pricing with no hidden fees, free shipping, plus our 100% satisfaction guarantee. So raise a toast. To Blinds.com and make this an anniversary sale to remember. Shop Blinds.com's anniversary sale happening right now for up to 50% off. Save up to 50% at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Here's a question. Have you ever been prescribed a medication? Most likely, yes. Well, what about this question? Did you understand how it worked? The way your medication works in your body shouldn't be a mystery. Learn how Vivgard, Fgard Tigamod Alpha FCAB works by visiting vivgard.com slash MOA. That's V-Y-V-G-A-R-T dot com slash MOA. Brought to you by Argenix. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. We should probably buzz through a couple more of these real quick just because uh, we're a little bit behind on... on, um, my list. I guess we're not going to get to everything on the list. We never do, right? Because um, we have all these. I, I love our side conversations, though. Talking about the junkyard, talking about uh, yeah. the hair college or whatever you want to call it. Oh, yeah. The, Sorry. Yeah. I'm the guilty party for these. <laughs> I've been just derailing no. us the whole time. <laughs> no, that's all right. I like that stuff. But um, I guess overall, really, I mean, the, the, the lesson here, if there is a lesson to be learned, is get rid of the clutter, get rid of the junk, hang stuff up off the floor. You know, get it off of the uh, off the ground there if you can. That way, you've got more real estate to use. And once you do do that, then maybe flooring is another thing that a lot of people kind of neglect or, or overlook. I know there's 
been recently kind of a not maybe not even recently uh, a big push to use like those epoxy systems yeah. you can do at home i mean there's kits that you can buy and the materials come practically ready to go i mean you just have to do the cleaning yourself and you know there's step-by-step instructions about how to do that and it's non-skid and all that uh, but there's a ton of flooring options and one of these on this list really surprised me and i was i was Shocked, but I'll just quickly go through the list and we can, if you wanted to stop and talk about any of them, we can. But there's, inter- I don't have any of these, by the way. My floor is painted, which is one of the cheapest ways to do it. And it's peeled up a little bit here and there, but it's it's held pretty well. It's not the epoxy, but it's definitely like a, a harder paint. I think it's an outdoor paint that they used. And it's it's okay. It, it does the job. It keeps the uh, the fluids from going right onto the concrete, which is nice. You know, you can clean them up pretty easy. So that's one of the cheapest things you can do is paint the floor. Also, not the best option, I'll tell you that. You can do any variety of of coatings, of course. You can do, you know, epoxy, or you can even do just concrete sealer if you have a nice clean floor already. You can't do that if it's already stained and, you know, kind of a mess. And that's the same thing with concrete stain. If you do concrete stain, which, by the way, looks really cool when it's done. Sure. But if you have a dirty floor or a cracked floor or, you know, it has imperfections, you're going to see that through the stain even if you um, try to cover it up, try to patch it or whatever, you're going to see those cracks and things, you know. So you got to have a floor that's in decent shape to begin with to do that. Okay, now there's like other surfaces that you can add to your garage floor that I know a lot of people have done. I'm a little leery of these, but... Um, like what? Like the interlocking tiles. I don't oh. know why. I just feel like they'd be slick. Um, you know, like they'd be... Like if you got any oil or grease on them or if... Um, but again, that's concrete as well, so... I don't know, maybe that's maybe there's something to that, but they look like they're they'd be slick even in water to me. They just don't seem and they're they're a little bit pricey. I mean, you know, the interlocking tiles, they're they're designed for a heavy load and you can put them on an uneven floor or semi uneven. You have to kind of do a little bit of work ahead of time to get it ready. But it can be a, a simple fix. It can make your garage look really nice if you want it to look really nice. It's functional because I guess some of that stuff does drain away, you know, underneath. If, as long as you can access below it to clean it up. Eventually, you don't just have fluids laying around. And, you know, of course, one gets damaged or you want to change it out. You can do that pretty easy with tile. Instead of being one solid piece or paint or, you know, whatever, it's it's harder to, to come back from that. There's also, you know, the option you can put down, like, you know, those, t- those real heavy-duty tiles they use in uh, a lot of elementary schools use those tiles, you know, like the... Um, the vinyl, I think it's vinyl flooring. Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're, yeah. The, the vinyl tiles, the the you know, one have foot the, by one foot. They have the um, oh, it's not corrugated. You know what I'm talking about? The surface is like a non-slip surface. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, so that's a decent thing to do. I mean, you can you can do that. It's a, again, you can get them really cheap. You can also get them very expensive depending on the the surface uh, treatment that you want. You know, the colors and all that, and all this stuff is customizable. So if you buy. Yeah. You know, a pattern that you want to put down on the ground, you can do that. That's kind of cool. Um, A lot of people have, you know, there's a variety of ideas for flooring, you know, what you should, what you shouldn't do on this. But but one thing that that really stood out to me that, now, actually, you know, I'm going to wait for just a second. I'm going to tell you two more that I think are are interesting, but then I'll get to the one that was the most interesting to me. All right. Uh, There's also peel and stick tiles that are kind of like what I was just talking about, but they're vinyl. Uh So it's, uh, you know, self-adhesive type thing that, you know, you put on, put them down. That's eh, an okay fix, a little cheaper, but um, you can still do it. And then there's also a solid one-piece vinyl roll that you can put out. Like, um, think about linoleum, you know, like the old linoleum, only made specifically for garages. And it might have a texture to it. The problem is if you damage it or something, you know, it's harder to patch in and replace something like that. And, and the, by the way, that's one of the benefits of it is that there are no seams so that, you know, it, 
stuff won't gather in the seam, stuff won't build up, and, and if you start cutting holes to patch in that, you know, that's where the problems start, really. Now, the most interesting one on this list that I found for, for flooring options for garage, carpet. And I thought, okay, that's a little crazy, right? I mean, you think, like, this is like we're getting into that million-dollar garage territory, right? You put down carpet. It's not the case. It's it's stuff that's called, and I, I've got a brand name here for it because uh, I saw a lot of people talking about the specific brand, and, again, we're not selling it or anything like that or getting any kind of money kickback from this thing. But the brand of the product is called Tough Carpet. It's T-U-F-F Carpet, all one word. And apparently this stuff is like peel and stick squares like you would find, you know, like in an office or something, you know, if you, you know, put down carpeting in a small room or something like that. This stuff is really, really durable. Get this, it can be like power washed if you need to. Uh, wow. You, yeah. And it still has the give and the, the feel of real carpet. It, it doesn't have, um, I don't want to put this, it's, it's like what they use on pro football stadiums, like, you know, the, uh-huh. the turf. Yeah. Only it's not like you know, AstroTurf, it's it's not like all, you know, prickly and pokey like that. It doesn't feel like plastic. It feels like carpet when you put your hands across it. It feels like it's got the give, it's got the, the plushness to it. Just a little bit, not a lot. It's not real thick shag or anything like that, of course. Uh, but it's got you know, like a low, I guess you call it a low nap carpet. I don't know, carpet really, but I think that's <laughs> what they call it, low nap. Okay. And uh, again, you can you can power wash this stuff. It, it's supposed to resist petroleum products. So, you know, you're thinking like, well, if I, my car is leaking oil, I'm not going to park it on this carpet. But apparently that's no problem. It'll just wipe right off. So I thought it was a cool solution. And it, they've been around for a long time. I've I've seen articles about this product for many, many years since, you know, at least eight, nine years ago now at this point. So they're, I think they're still around. The, the latest reference to it I found was right around 2017 or 2018, I think. Um, so who knows? You know, maybe they're, maybe they're still there doing it. Maybe they're not. I don't, I don't know. But I thought carpeting was an, an odd thing to include in this list. But, it, you know, again, if it's built for it, why not? Yeah, I guess you're right. I'm why not? St- I'm still kind of... I shouldn't be skeptical. I'm just so used to a bare floor garage. It just seems like the simpler solution. Yeah, I know. I mean, and again, all this, I, I feel like you could almost make like pathways to your car. Like you could, like the area that you step out of your car onto. Yeah. Like that could be carpeted or maybe yeah. a, like a, I guess a, a runner on the side, you know, where, mm-hmm. um, you know, you could put your shoes or whatever, you know, keep the garbage cans over there or something or whatever. Um, but maybe not where your wheels are actually parked. Here's a question. Have you ever been prescribed a medication? Most likely, yes. Well, what about this question? Did you understand how it worked? The way your medication works in your body shouldn't be a mystery. Learn how Vivgart, Fgartigamod Alpha FCAB works by visiting vivgart.com slash MOA. That's V-Y-V-G-A-R-T dot com slash MOA. Brought to you by Argenics. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block 
Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I don't know how much more I have to add. I mean, of course, there's going to be lighting options. You want to have good lighting in your garage. And, and a couple of things that uh, that I want to mention here, like, you could, it doesn't have to be expensive. I've got, I'll, I'll tell you right now, in my garage, we've got, like, two bare bulbs in the in the ceiling. That's terrible. It's terrible lighting. Yeah. But I want to change that. I want to change it to, again, to be a little bit more, I don't know, just it'll look better. It will also provide better light, I guess, because the placement of them is not exactly right for me. It's just kind of where they, they where the builder wanted to put them. You know, here's the thing. I just found something. I, I, I know this has been around a while, but have you seen these uh, tape LEDs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. I think are pretty cool, and mm-hmm. I don't know if that really would be a, a good option for me. I know you can dim them. Uh, you can get just, you know, the white ones. There, there are some that you can change all different colors, uh-huh. um, and that's cool too, but, like, these tape LEDs are, are such an interesting idea that, you know, they run off of, like, a low-voltage power supply. Doesn't take a whole lot to to operate them, and you can put them anywhere. I mean, they're they're intended for you know, well, for anything really, but you know, under cabinet type lighting, that type of thing. You know, to replace the old fixtures that you'd have to bolt up there. But yeah, if you've never seen uh, tape LEDs, look up. You know, look look it up sometime, and you might be surprised by what you find if if you're not already hip to that type of thing. I'm not crazy about the quality of fluorescent lighting. And I know that's one mm-hmm. thing, though, that you can you can buy a lot of fluorescent lighting cheap, relatively cheap. Sure, yeah. Uh, you can buy the fixtures. You can get the fixtures at, you know, like, again, Goodwill, thrift store, places like that. Yeah, yeah. Same place you can go, go to get, you know, an old cabinet. It doesn't have to be a cabinet that was built for the garage. Put an old cabinet out in the, in the garage, you know, that was an old bookshelf or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's great storage. I mean, you could even find a way to put a door on it if there isn't one. Use, use an old armoire if you want. You know, put that out in the garage to store it. Like, just repurpose things and use things in a smart way that is useful to you where you need them most. So, you know, even if you have old furniture around your house that you're not using, see if it'll if you can repurpose that thing in your garage Somehow. in some way. Yeah, yeah. It's just it makes sense. There's a lot of really affordable, I, I mean, even free ways to do things to your garage to make it just a better place to be. And I, I think I'm. I'm Getting to that point with mine, like I said, I haven't done insulation or lighting or anything sure, like that, but yeah. I'm trying to think of what else. I haven't done like floor epoxy yet or anything like that, but the paint is holding up okay. Uh, it's not fantastic, but it's all right. The survivalist slash prepper in me uh, wants to point out that you can, pre- like I know your garage pretty well from what you've described over the years. You probably have room for a deep freezer in there. I mean, consider that. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe uh, get one of those portable garages that Kurt hipped us to, start smoking some meats, because you never know. Oh, you yeah. Know, sure. You want to be prepared. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me see. What other r- ridiculous things can I suggest? A pinball <laughs> machine? Why well, not? Well, I might as well, like, you know, etch out an area on the floor and then start digging the shelter. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Hey, that's one thing. You know what? I, I saw it just, I know we're getting tight on time. No, here, no, so no. So we'll wrap it up pretty soon, but... Um, I was thinking when I was talking with Kurt, you know, like, eh, let's not talk about like car lifts and like, you know, elevators and things like that. We said we started out this podcast sure, saying that, right? Yeah, all the cool but, stuff. But I'll tell you, like, if you want, I mean, I'm not going to discourage anybody from doing this, but you can put in a lift in your garage. It's not as expensive as you might think. It, it's right. It's expensive, but yeah. it's not as expensive as you might think. It, it, you look at it and think it's like, well, that's fifty thousand dollars. No, no way I can do not that. at all. No, the the home versions of these are 
relative, and I'll say relatively affordable for some, you know. And I would say comparatively. Compar- <laughs> yeah, they're comparatively. And, you, and you've got to have the right setup. You've got to have a, a high seal, high enough ceiling. Mm-hmm. I think it has to be like 11 or 12 feet tall to safely operate one of these things, really. I mean, with the posts and everything. There's, a, there's two post versions. There's four post versions. You can get a two post version, you know, where you're... The the, uh, the the posts are on the side uh, next to the doors, I guess, when you pull up. Yeah. And you kind of pull through this thing. Then there's the four post versions, which sometimes will have ramps. So you can, like, fully secure the vehicle on top of it and then raise it up. And then there's also the versions where, you know, you can block those and park another car below it, which is really cool. Yeah, that's, that's the really one I cool. would go for. But, you know, those are, I mean, and you might think that, again, really, really expensive. Like 2500 bucks, maybe less. Twenty two hundred is one. I saw one for twenty two hundred bucks that you can get. See, my only thing with that, and I say this as an avowed cheapskate. Yeah. My only thing with that is I would be very careful about how thrifty I was on buying a lift. <laughs> yeah. Especially because because you'd want I want the kind where I'm going to have living people under it. Yeah. Doing repairs. Yeah. Or ideally the kind where I might have another very expensive vehicle under it, yeah. and I don't want to wake up. To, to that going wrong. <laughs> no, you know no, no. I mean? No one does. No one wants to hear that noise. That's of, not the of, kind of alarm of, clock I want in the morning. One of your cars crushing the other one of your cars. Gosh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That'd be a terrible noise. And, you know, one last quick <laughs> yeah, thing. So, yeah. so it's not out of the question to do something like that in your garage. If you've got the means to pay, you know, 2500 bucks for a, a four-post lift, do it. And you've got right. the place to do it. Yeah. One thing that I thought, okay, there's no way we can, we can do this. It's just too expensive. I've seen... Do-it-yourself pits dug in garages, and I have mixed feelings about this. About That's a safety. lot of time. It is, but I've seen some really nice ones. Really, are they, really are nice they ones. like? Are, are the is the property on a hill or built into it or no, something? No, it's it's yeah. Nope. This is someone chiseling right through the floor of their garage as long as they're you know uh, right through the concrete. Oh, like putting some steps in. Yeah, they put some steps in, and uh-huh. uh, so they they don't have to like you know. You don't have an another access in another part of the building or anything like that. Nothing fancy, <laughs> um, but like the, the guy that I saw doing one, he had dug a hole in his garage, a very narrow garage. Yeah, um, they call it an inspection pit, but really it's for like oil changes and things like About that. About how deep would you it, say it was? Uh, well, you know what? You'd want to be either sitting on a stool, you know, so that you're comfortable underneath it, or standing if you wanted to stand underneath there. Yeah. Um, so you have to kind of like you have to measure everything very carefully. Of course, I bet he had tiled his in with stone. And the stairs, so the way he gets into his is he, um, uh, this, this, so this is one person operating this, he'd drive in right to a, a set point and then kind of like, almost like kind of worm his way underneath there onto the stairs to get underneath the car. Uh, so it didn't look very comfortable to get into because, yeah, you know, it wasn't, know. if it was longer, you could just stand upright and walk right in. Sure. Go into the car, but he had a, a, a smaller garage area. So, you know, even though there are stairs there, that's great to help you climb out, but you're doing that on your hands and knees probably. I don't know, man. I, I I felt a wave of claustrophobia just hearing that description. Yeah, I mean, it's not, but again, the thing is, like, it's not out of the reach, and it's not something for the ultra-wealthy. It's not something that, you know, you have to have a pile of money laying around to do. You can do it. I mean, it's not, you should definitely have all this stuff inspected and, and checked out. You know, if you're not comfortable doing something like this, you know, please have somebody come in and, and install that lift for you. Of course. I mean, you want to be safe about it, but, and you might even have to. You might have to have somebody install um you know, a safety inspection. I, I would bet the company that sells these things, you know, make sure that there's you know, some kind of uh, a certified um, individual that comes over and checks things out to make sure it's bolted down correctly and all that. Because, yeah, you don't want 
you don't want somebody putting something like that in their house and it'd be just like this huge liability for the company that built it, you know? Yeah, I just, I look, I just don't want to be sitting under a car on a little stool in something that's slightly larger than a coffin. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the way that these look, too. They look like um, they're very, very small. It's not like the big ones that you see at the oil change place. Right. You know, like, and you always will have an open hole in your garage then, of course. So that's another danger factor is, you know, somebody... Uh, you know, pulls in and they've got their, you know, they're going to make a sharp turn to get out of the garage or something, you know, to maneuver around something and a wheel goes in there, uh, that's going to be expensive. I mean, no matter what kind of, you could put a metal grate or something over it, but again, you're starting to get more and more expensive and, you know, like, you know, it's just, it's, it becomes more and more complex. Yeah, there's there's something still a little nerve wracking about crawling under a car that's up on a jack or up on jack stands. (laughs) Yes, there is. So I'd take the hole. Yeah. I'd take the hole. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If, I mean, if I if I had my druthers, yeah, I'm with Kurt on that. I would I would want I would want like a hole with an L shape at least that you know that goes out from mm-hmm. either the back or the front of the car and then curves around so you have a workspace under there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you can walk down the stairs like a man instead of a worm <laughs> and, instead of like, <laughs> like shimmying down into yeah, it. Yeah, but first. see, I mean, you're just you're just opening up a larger hole in your floor. I know. Every time, Look, every, I know. It's a great plan. We're brainstorming. Yeah, it's a good, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're an idea guy. That's a, it's a, <laughs> it, you know, it's it's the thing is like a it's just it just becomes more and more complex as you as, right. you, as you think it through and and yeah these are great to have and it's fun it's fun to say it and everything like it'd be great to have a pit you know it'd be so much so much easier to do this oil change you know if I had a pit down there but yeah just think of having that pit around year round for you know the the couple times mm-hmm. you need it or um, you know not being able to do certain things I think that would be frustrating too is like if you had a, if you had a great pit that was already dug in this bin's basement. And there's certain repairs that you can't do in the pit. You know, like you, you have yeah. to do them above ground yeah. uh, just because of, ac- you know, you don't have access to it. So um, there'd be that frustrating side of the whole thing, too. But, I mean, a lift would take care of a lot of that. I mean, it would take True. care of, you know, that's... Yeah, the lift's under probably a, the way to go. you got access above four and post. below. Four-post yeah. lift. Yeah, yeah four-post, yeah. I mean, it, it'd be safe, I guess, or it'd be safest. <laughs> um, but anyways, I, I think that, like, again, I hope this this whole show didn't, like, just come unglued when I started mentioning all this other stuff, but I really do feel like there's just a lot of really smart, affordable, or even free things that a lot of people could do to their garage that uh, they're just not thinking of right now, or they don't have the the time to to put to it. If they did, though, they might find it to be a much more enjoyable place to be, and they might actually get more work done on the vehicle that they want to work on. You know, it might just be a more pleasant place to uh, to go and, and hang out. And, and I, I hope that message is getting through to a lot of people, you know, that, you know, just Spend a little time decluttering and, and cleaning and thinking things through a bit if you can, you know, and have or have somebody that's good at organization take a look at it with you, and that helps too. You know, if you have a friend that's good at that type of thing, have them look at it. And there's a ton of information online and, and a lot, again, a lot of expensive ideas, but a lot of really clever ideas for storage and, um, you know, just simple, like, simple garage makeover ideas. A lot of them do get into the expensive cabinets and, you know, stone countertops and that type of, you know, yeah. stuff you don't need. Um, but but look within your budget, you know, make it make it work, and, and I think you're going to be happier with it in the end, really. I mean, I, I really do. I think that, that that's uh, what I've learned through this whole process. And, and again, I, I need to get mine in much, much better condition, but I'm already seeing progress and I'm happy with it. Oh, uh, I would also say I, I think it's so cool to have a sound system in a garage 
maybe maybe not a TV. I'm still kind of torn mm, on the TV I, part. Yeah, I'm you not, know, I'm not big on the TV because I I don't spend that much time out there. You know, I mean, I, I do go there and hang out occasionally, just you know, sit on a milk crate in the corner, you know, <laughs> and and uh, you know, listen to music and work on something that mm-hmm. I can hold in my lap or at the at the um, at the desk or the not the yeah. desk, the uh, the bench top. Um, goof around with stuff out there. It's it's just a nice place to do that. And yeah, I'm not crazy about like just going out there and hanging out. I don't have a couch. I don't have. It's not like a like a a den or anything like. You don't have den. like a you don't have like a a, a cooler a Yeti cooler. No, or something? I don't have anything like that. Some, you know, some some people do that kind of thing though. Like they they bring you know they stock a you know refrigerator full of beer and they have yeah, a couch man. like a couch they picked up again at a, a thrift shop or something. Uh, you know throw throw a rug out there and uh, you know a TV on the wall and you know they're watching the game out there. But I, yeah, that's it's not, not a workspace. Though. Yeah, that's yeah, not. That, yeah, that's transformed into something yeah. that, that's where a, you just don't do the work you plan to do. Yeah, that's really a porch. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty funny. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, and mine's not to that point, and I don't even think I want it to be at that point. I just want it to be functional, and I want it to be comfortable, and I think I'm getting, I'm getting there. Well, I'm what's getting next? There slowly. The lighting? Probably or, lighting. Yeah, hmm. I think lighting and maybe the, even the door insulation now that Ben's convinced me that that's the way to go. Hey, I mean, man. Uh, Got to beat that summer heat somehow. Yeah, and you can uh, also, uh, you can get some pretty easy solutions. If you want, if, I don't want to say it's lazy, but if you feel like time is at a premium for you, you can pay someone else to do it too. Yeah, you know, that's another thing that I uh, found is that, you know, people are treating their garage space now like they treat closets. Like when you get a custom closet made, oh, okay. a lot of people have, you know, someone come in and consult them and say, here's what you need. You need these shelves. You need this many. Like a cabinet racks. maker? Yeah. That's like crazy. People, well, I know, but people, yeah, they have people come out and kind of consult them and tell them what they need. And, you know, you, you tell them what you want out of the, out of the space and they will provide it. I mean, it's expensive again, but, um, that's the way people are, are doing this now. There's, there's garage reorganization tricks that people are, are using and you know you, they're also sharing them online which is nice so like if you if you have you know, some ideas get online and share them with with other people in the community that are excited about that type of thing too and yeah who knows maybe uh, you know some of the stuff will be something that y- you could see yourself doing or maybe some of the stuff is just so outlandish that you don't want it um like i'm not crazy about like custom you know the lighting and stuff like, like that disco I, balls yeah and I, <laughs> yeah i don't need anything like that and i'm not i'm not really sold on like epoxy floor coating or anything like that yet um paint is fine for now you know just an outdoor paint yeah uh, but something durable but yeah there's certain there's like different levels that everybody's comfortable with mm-hmm. and just find your own level find your own budget and uh, and do it and you'll be happy with it and let us know uh, what improvements you have made to your garage. Let us know what you got hilariously wrong if, oh, if yeah. you're in that situation uh, <laughs> so that we and your fellow listeners can learn from those mistakes. You can send your garage war stories to us directly. We are carstuff at iheartradio.com. We also, you know, we'd love to see any pictures you have. If you are one of those people who got a wild hair and dug your own inspection pit, man, I want to see that. Yeah, I would too. Before and after photos, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that'd be super cool. Yeah, that would be. In the meantime, let's see. uh, I'm going to start a shady emission stand. Uh, you're moving into the Russian landfill turf, and 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 Kurt, I guess you're gonna you're gonna be selling secondhand portable garages. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we've got stuff to do between now and then. So uh, I guess we'll have to get reports back from each one of us about what's uh, what's up, right? That's right. All right, mm-hmm. well, let's do it. All right, see you guys. Uh, see you guys next week. Thanks for listening.
Car Stuff is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest Toothpaste, Secret Deodorant, Old Spice Deodorant, or Gillette Razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. Exploreminnesota.com backslash live.